Welcome one and all to episode 184 of the original Draft Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Cox. With me tonight, my co-host, Justin Higdon. And Justin, we, uh, well, we've done our offensive line rankings. We started a little out of order than what we usually did, but having to take a week off obviously changed things up. Uh, so we're back this week now with a look at quarterbacks. And before we get to that, how you been, man? I'm good, man. I'm I'm on spring break this week, so this is a good week for me. Every time this year, uh, or every uh, year of this time, is a good time for me to f- like finish up wrapping up my ranking. So uh, we're going to be giving <clears throat> everybody who listens to this show on uh, iTunes, Spotify, etc. You'll get to hear our quarterbacks, receivers, running backs over the next few weeks. Most of the defensive stuff we're probably going to have on Patreon. And uh, you can sign up there for two bucks a month. You'll get all those shows. Um, for four bucks a month, you'll be on the generational tier, and you'll get more detailed explanations of my rankings once I get those sorted out. So I'm hoping to finish those up um, in the next couple of weeks, and then start posting them as like mini podcasts on Patreon. So keep an eye out for that. If you don't want to subscribe to Patreon, that's cool too. We appreciate you listening and downloading the show. So, and of course, if you want to give us a five star review, that would be much appreciated too. And, you know, we look at it and it's, you know, one of those situations where we rank, um, I wouldn't say that many players. We're not doing 300 or even 200 we get we try to get to about 125 players we find some sleepers that we like you know things of that nature but what we've always said is we try to uh we try to give you full analysis of those players which allows you know some allows us to do what we do so that's kind of what our goal is and, and, and we, kind of we our, try and be like a little bit more realistic too right like uh, your typical nfl team doesn't have 300 players on their draft board um, we've heard that teams like New England have like 35 players some years. So, uh, um, what I did on Patreon last year, which I'll do again this year is, um, I'll structure three boards. Like one's going to have all the players I watched ranked. One's going to have <clears throat> going to be a little bit safer, safer picks. And I'll remove some players that have some, some flags. And then, uh, the third one that I did is kind of like the, safe and also very you know young player drafts so like players that are 21 22 years old that's going to be like the smallest tightest board um that i that i would say you know some teams would draft like that where they're not taking like 23 like for example cleveland's not taking 23 year olds in the first two rounds they haven't done that on the uh, since um, Sashi Brown was there and now with Andrew Barry, they've not done that except for when John Dorsey was there for a couple of years. So I'm kind of trying to structure things like that. I'm not going to give you 300 players. I just don't have the time. Um, but you can get that with the you know PFF or uh, CBS or uh, our good friend Emery Hunt. He's going to have like a thousand players. That's the one I always recommend. Get that guide. You'll get you'll know every single player that gets drafted. Probably the guys that get drafted in XFL and USFL too. Yeah, I, I every year um, I utilize Emery's uh, board or his uh, his like you said his draft guide, 
And I just, I take it and I quote directly from it. And I, you know, I, I paste a link to go buy it. And I, uh, I quote directly from it every single year because I think it's, I think it's one of the more important guides out there. And like you said, like you can disagree or not agree with a lot of analysis or, or whatever there is, but the reality is for that, it's one of those situations where um, he, he knows guys and he talks about guys and his crew talks, talk about guys that, you know, quite frankly, you and I will never, ever even watch right like maybe we, a handful of them you know I, i've talked to him about some of the guys from the lower level all-star games because and, and that's usually tour and that's huh. usually what who they are they're guys right. like when the cardinals drafted christian matthew last year i went directly to uh to emory's uh guide because i'm like well i, I mean i've never watched valdosta state like <laughs> I don't need to lie about it and be like, oh, yeah. And I'm not even sure that's how you pronounce it. Right. (laughs) So, so like, those are the things, you know, that, that I, I think are invaluable because, again, one, I mean, we don't have access to it, right? Like, we, we, we don't have access. I mean, just me and Valdosta State, all 22. No. Well, and just like to even see them, anyways. Like we don't. I mean, I I don't subscribe to those sports. I think packages. they're on ESPN Plus here and there. But again, it's it. You know, the we over the since we came back, and uh, I think I could speak for us both when I say this. We we're mostly watching uh, the bigger schools. You know, just because of the other commitments we have between work, family, and things like that. But um. That being all, that being said, though, I think what you're going to find from the quarterback rankings that we have, I, for once, I don't think they're that we're going to be that much different from a lot of um, from the other big sites. You know, the only the the main difference is we're going to give you each a top. We're going to give you each of our top fives. Um, I'll probably have like eleven or twelve guys ranked on the on Patreon, but. Um, you know, other than just like the sheer volume, like some some sites, I'm sure going to have like 20 guys ranked. That's there's no way that 20 quarterbacks are getting drafted. Um, but our I think the way our rankings shake out, it's going to be kind of familiar. Um, you know, we try and be different, but we don't try and be different on purpose. So it, it's you know we we rank them how we see them. So let's start with number five this year, and and you know, it's tough. Um... And and so for me, I went with Hendon Hooker. Um, the injury and the age, he probably would be four overall. Um, if like quarterback if he, four, right? Quarterback four. Uh, if he didn't get hurt, um, but it is what it is. You can't you can't take away the injury, and then obviously um, you can't change the fact that he's a year just a year younger than Lamar Jackson. So those things matter. Um, You know, you look at it, there are questions about the system he comes from. We've talked about that before with Tennessee, right? Like it's tough to, it's tough to take the hypo quarterbacks too, um, too seriously. Like they do a, he does a great job of creating easy throws and easy passing concepts 
for for his players. Now, they can be uh, they can be easily stifled in in college. So, like that's what the concern becomes, right? Like if if teams like Georgia are able to stop Tennessee and Hendon Hooker, then you know our other teams and you know i think he had the bad game against vanderbilt as well was it I, I can't remember off the top of my head but um you know those are the those are the question marks he's a uh he's a great size prospect at 6'4 200 and uh, about 15 pounds he's you know experienced like we said he's 25 um you know those things and sorry it was the it was the um, it was the South Carolina game. I know he threw for three touchdowns, but and and he got hurt. But it was a tough right. game for him. Um, you know, those are all those are all positives. Obviously, I think the biggest thing we look at are are the age and and the late age breakout. Right? Like he he yeah. had a he he did have a good twenty twenty one. I think we need to acknowledge that. Like just under three. He had two yards. really. Really good years, yeah, back to back, and and the wins came in year two, right? So that was the big thing, you know, um, or or year two of those two seasons. Yeah, um, year two at Tennessee, right? So you look at it. I think he's a guy that's going to stick around in the NFL for a long time. I wouldn't take him until uh, if I'm a team with multiple third round picks. Or like in that com- compensatory range, and I, I quite frankly don't even know all the outside of the Cardinals know who has compensatory picks. Uh, but yeah, those. I mean, th- to me, as much as I like him, I you know I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch him until probably the the eighties or like I said the the nineties. Like, like what would you think about a team like Kansas City taking him at ninety five? I mean, is that still too early with what they need? Like, to be Pat Mahomes' backup? Like, he's obviously, you can never replace Mahomes, but, like, you have a guy that, you know, people were talking about. I mean, in, in Bruce Feldman's article, they you know, they're talking about if he doesn't get hurt, he's going to get drafted in the first round. Yeah. Like, so, do you agree with that, though? Because I, I don't. I think that's a little bit of a I think he would have gone. I think he would have gone. Like, I mean, first round? Yeah, you look at this year, like, couldn't you see, like, a New Orleans taking him? You know, he's the thing is, he's 25, and that's really old for any prospect. And uh, it hasn't worked out well. You know, so I think that's something. People try and downplay it every time they like a guy who's older. and it, But it still doesn't work out. It's not, you know, you have to go. People will cite someone like Roger Staubach. Like that. Right. That was, like, 50 years ago. Well, and my big okay. thing, my big thing with him is seriously that like, if you're a team that's got a guy locked in place, like I would even say like a Cleveland, like that has a guy locked in place, and you can get Hinn and Hooker. You there's no obviously there's no rush to play him, and then you develop him, and then inevitably when Deshaun Watson misses two or three games, you know, and he shows out, then all of a sudden you're like, hey, you can flip him. How much I mean, development is going to happen for a, a guy who's going to be who's twenty five, who's going to miss probably a chunk of the season because of the injury to the ACL? Like, how much development are you going to get out of this guy? 
I mean, we're talking about a guy that was a, a nearly 70% completion percentage. You know, he mm-hmm. had a really, you know, I, it's not like he's a toolsy guy, right? Like, it's not, and, and this no, isn't a shot be, because as we will find out later, you know, he's not like an Anthony Richardson type where right. you're like, you know, projecting to him to like grow into the rest of his skill set. But like, he's a guy that can throw the ball. He's a guy that's been consistent. Um, you know, the injury was just an unfortunate thing. And then obviously, like we said, the age, it's it's going to be interesting what the NFL thinks of him. Because I, yeah. like I said, I can't, I cannot fathom anybody taking him before the third round. Like, no, I actually he, think he's going to go in the second round. I think he's going to okay. be drafted in the second round. I wouldn't take him in the second round. He's not my top five. Um, now, if he was, because we're going we're gonna to talk about some 24-year-old guys. So if even if he just wasn't injured, I might have him, you know, quarterback four, because I I do like him, and I I know I'm coming off sounding like I don't, um, but you've got what you have here is a combination of age, injury, and an offense that hasn't really translated well for quarterbacks going into the pros. So there's a few things working against him. This is a player I liked back in his Virginia Tech days where. You know, I saw some flashes out of him where I'm saying to myself, who is this guy? Um, This guy looks like he's going to be a player. And But now, you know, three years have gone by since then, and he was still in college. Uh, So those are my concerns. I think if if all things, if all else was equal, I think he would be higher on my list, but it's not. And I, I try and be consistent year in and year out. I'm not a fan of drafting guys who are currently injured, like currently seriously injured. Um, the ACL is a concern at that age too. And I think you're talking about a player who's already kind of at near his ceiling. So, but I, I think that Seattle is a good fit for Hendon Hooker because you got Geno Smith effectively on what could end up just being a one-year deal. I think the way it's structured. And I think uh, coincidentally that Hendon Hooker reminds me a lot of Geno Smith, just uh, in terms of build, in terms of, skill set um in terms of you know the the playing in that kind of air raidy type of offense that kind of thing so all of that um makes i do think seattle's a good landing spot for him and it's going to happen on day two in the second round who's your number five guy i grappled with this as you know um because there are three hooker was one of three players that i kind of have grouped in the same type of tier. Um, but I went with Clay- Clayton Toon from Houston, who also, he just turned 24 last month, so he's no spring chicken either. But um, just I have a couple questions. Like for, for example, why is it that Will Levis is rated so far above Toon? He, he's a couple inches taller or an inch and a half taller. He's a little thicker. But Toon is, in, is a great athlete. And his athletic comp is actually Josh McCown, who had a long NFL career, had, uh, was a spot starter for a time. And Toon's got good size. He's about 6'2 and a half, 6'3, 220. Uh, and one thing I like about him is he got better every year. Uh, career-wise, you have a 2.54 touchdown to interception ratio, but last season that was 4.0 touchdown to interception. He's a really good red zone player. He's he uh, converts scores. He converts first downs in the red zone. Tons of experience. 
he is coming from a group five school, but he might have more. I'm pretty sure he has more starts than anybody coming out this year. And um, he would have set a bunch of records, except Houston has a couple of guys, uh, Case Keenum and David Klingler, who set ridiculous records while they were there. So it's uh, the fact that Toon's kind of in that top three range, most of their passing records says a lot because it would be, he would be the most prolific passer at most schools. Um, it's not that I have Toon above Levis, but it, to me it's closer than it than the media would have you say. And, I mean, he was a senior bowl guy too, so I think the NFL is higher on him. I think he's going to go in the third or fourth round. And I think he's that he's in that tier where um, you could get a like part-time starter. So number four for me is Will Levis, and I think – think you're going to be on the same page on that one you know levis we've talked about he's a guy that when you watch him you see what the you see the you see the good you see the bad um you know obviously this year was mostly bad he you know he just never really showed up from what they were expecting um a lot of people blame outlying issues um you know we we got that the surrounding cast was worse which you know is true um we got that the offensive line wasn't as good we got that um the coaching wasn't as good even though he had a pro uh right he had a an an ex-nfl oc right you know so all of that stuff, you know, makes a difference. Um, I think also you have this factor where people feel like they missed on Josh Allen and don't want to miss on the next Josh Allen. So I think you have a lot of that going on too. And and I don't think he's as good as Josh Allen. And I wasn't no. even a big Josh Allen guy. No, but I mean, people... That's a, that's why people make these mistakes is because they're always looking for it's something we talk about with Antonio Brown all the time, right? People are always looking for the outlier. And so they started drafting Antonio Brown athletic and size comps in the in the first and second round and then they're not working and they're like, "Well, you know, you got to take the chance cuz you could find the next Antonio Brown." It's like wouldn't you rather take that chance in round, you know, round three or even better, like round four or five, like Antonio Brown went and he went in the six, right? Like right. why Fifth or six? Yeah. Yeah. Why are we trying to set the standard now of like, we, the best thing to do is overdraft these guys because one hit. And the thing is with Allen, you know, everybody goes, Oh, well you don't want to miss the next Allen. Well, how many people were wrong on Allen? Like, I think I think our take on Allen was probably the most accurate part, right? Like, he's a development. He's a guy that's going to take a couple of years to find out what he is, and we've talked about that. With that, based on how most NFL teams are, and this is coming from fans of of the Browns and Cardinals, where I mean, you guys are coming up on it's time for Kevin Stefanski to go. He's been there two years, so like it's basically <laughs> like an eternity. Um, you know, 
and we always talk about that, like the Sean McDermott led Broncos were nine and seven and made the playoffs for the first time in what it was like 20 years or something crazy like that. Um, you mean bills bills. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Bills. They hadn't made the playoffs in like, uh, it'd been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking. Yeah. 18 years, 18 years. And, and then that's, and that's what we talk about. Then they had the balls to get rid of their quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. And let Josh Allen stink up the joint to the the tune of a six and ten record with the thirtieth best offense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, and he got injured, and they started Nathan Peterman and Derek Anderson and Matt oh Barkley. God. Like, he threw ten touchdowns and twelve interceptions. This is year two, by the way. This isn't year one, and and people are going, what? I mean, literally, they were averaging just under 17 points a game. Most coaches and and front office people don't get that opportunity and that's the point that you know we always try to make. Yeah. Most most don't get that opportunity to go from 9 and 7 to making the playoffs for the first time in 18 years to regressing to 6 and 10 having a terrible quarterback and and you know missing the playoffs. And so that's and then look his breakout year is big jump right he went you know it went he fifty under fifty nine percent completion percentage under thirty one hundred yards passing and had twenty touchdowns to nine interceptions like that was when people are like oh he's arrived and that's year three so again right. like and and they lost and remember he had the huge blunders in the playoff game yeah yep. against the texans like this is it's not the archetype to follow like it's it's not something that happens and so like if you're most teams if you go take a will levis in the top seven right like the buffalo bills did with josh allen you're probably not making it out like what what um I'm trying to think what well, team... he's, he's probably a player that you, uh, so, I mean, you brought up the, the point about McDermott and kind of having security where he was able to, to make that draft pick. Right. And they were able to stay with it until Allen developed. So you have to look at it like that. So uh, Carolina, they moved up to number one. Do, do we think they moved up for Will Levis? I don't think so, but that kind of makes sense. You imagine Frank Reich is going to have, two or three years to work with the quarterback that he drafts. Um, I mean, I guess Seattle and Detroit. Seattle, though, I always bring up, you know, Pete Carroll is old. Yeah, but so is Will Levis. So, like, they can retire (laughs) together. (laughs) So, to your point, I think what what I learned more from the Josh Allen thing was not uh, that I had him ranked too low. It was that, why did I have certain guys ranked ahead of him? Uh, like Sam Darnold and like uh, Josh Rosen. Who just they were, clearly you, didn't have the athletic ceiling that Allen had. So I wasn't, I was going more off, you know, what I thought with tape and maybe some statistical markers than traits. So to that end, 
Uh, I think that's kind of what I learned from it. But I don't. The thing is, Levis to me that he doesn't have the traits that Josh Allen had. Um, he's one of the things I noticed. He's he's really bulky, right? And um, it reminds me of, of he's built like Brady Quinn, and we don't see quarterbacks that bulky, especially upper body strength wise. Um, we don't. We just don't see quarterbacks built like that. Quarterbacks like stretch out their arms a lot more. That go through different kinds of training. You know, nobody would say that uh, the Manning brothers, for example, were, you know, crazy physical specimens. They go through quarterbacks do different types of workouts to keep, uh, you know, to keep their upper bodies lean and long, right? Um, so that's one thing I noticed about Levis. But I'll give you. I'll, he's also my quarterback four. So I'll give you some positives on him. Okay. 37.2% conversion percentage on first downs and 44.4% on third downs. Those are pretty good. Uh, that's actually first in the tw- of the 20 quarterbacks I looked at statistically. He was first in first down conversion rate and fourth in uh, third downs. Okay, so pretty solid conversion, you know, converting first downs. On early downs, which is good, and late in the down, on third down. The the bad there, worst sack percentage. And you uh, chalked, you well, you not you, but some people chalk that up to their offensive line. Um, maybe it's the offensive play calling. But for whatever reason, you had a guy who was considered an athlete, but who had negative... Over 100 negative rushing yards this year because of all the sacks they took. Worst sack percentage in the 20 quarterbacks I looked at. Worst interception percentage, too. Now, the negative rushing, I think that's an anomaly for him because we did see him that he was able to run the ball while at Penn State and at, and at Kentucky um, in his first year. But, um, again, here the, the, the hang-up for me is it's going to be 24 in June. How, how – far is he away from his athletic ceiling we know he was banged up a little bit this year too so it's not like this big frame is 6'4 229 doesn't shield you from injuries so uh and you've got these these tendencies these tendencies to take negative plays and you have to try and work through that so um i don't like him as much as i as i liked alan as a prospect and for one it's because alan came out younger than Levis and for two, Allen was just more physically gifted across the board. So uh, you've got the the Josh Allen kind of uh, dumb mistakes that you saw in college, but without the Josh Allen full range of skill set. So I don't like the comparison between the two. Um, do you have a comp for for Levis? Um, off the top of my head, no. Like See, my I, comp I've said before. Is like is- a, is Blake Bortles for me. Yeah, yeah, you've mentioned that. And I think he has a stronger arm than Bortles. He does, you're right. Um, I think he's kind of like Daniel Jones' uh, athleticism with Brady Quinn body. And I don't really, I'm not a guy to make like hybrid comps like that, but that's just kind of what I see. So if he's as good as Daniel Jones, you know, that's probably not bad. Um, It's not great though, right? It's just kind of, you you could be kind of stuck in quarterback purgatory. Who's your four? Oh, you're that was my four. Also, Elvis. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, number three, I mean, it's going to get a little boring for a second, guys, because we got the same top three. Uh, n- number <laughs> three. Same top four, apparently. Yeah, 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 right. The number three for each of us is Bryce Young. I know this is going to shock people because you got to have him one or two. But the reality is with Young and, and the concern we have with Young is because he is such a major outlier um, in terms of size. Like, we've never seen a player this short and this lean um but and just I, go I, back I'm to aware. Levis real quick where where do you where do you have him graded like pick wise round wise i wouldn't take him till round two okay same um, same absolutely more like I, three if i had my well you know, yeah i mean <laughs> ideal scenario but yeah because i don't think he's as good as josh allen who i gave a second round grade to um and then the other thing is I saw in um oh man Bruce Feldman's mock draft he mentioned that or he has Levis going 20 overall to the Seattle Seahawks. So you notice again, how a lot of big draft guys who've been telling us that Levis is a top 5 pick, the NFL likes him, some NFL teams think he's quarterback one. A lot of those guys are mocking him later and later. Daniel Jeremiah had him in the late teens. I think Dane Brugler dropped him quite a bit. All you know, I think more and more people are starting to get on our wavelength with this guy. I so. think I think the NFL is telling them what they said. What I think <laughs> what they need. It feels to good to not to have had that take before the NFL told us. Because we don't nobody told us. Right. Anyway, back to you. We don't we don't have any tips. Uh, <laughs> Bryce Young, that that's the big thing. He is um I think the thing that worries me about Young is what so many people love about him and that's he he is a master at extending plays and making plays down the field. He's very Russell Wilson asking that regard. Uh you know, and so that's just. That's Didn't he just, come in weighing the same as Russell Wilson too, at the combine? They, they said, yeah, he was two hundred three. Yeah, <laughs> you don't buy that. I mean, no. I mean, he maybe did, but he's clearly skinnier than Russell well, Wilson and, was. And there's a reason he didn't reweigh at Alabama Pro Day, right? Because now he's at, he, back down to one eighty five. Right. There's a reason <laughs> he didn't test at the combine. So, like, all those things, like, I just called BS on it from the beginning. Everybody um, does, so I mean, everybody and, recognizes well, what that I is. Well, I was going to say, that's not true, because we, I saw a tweet the other day, now i got to find it while we're working through this. But, like, I think, I think what people love about Young, which is, you know, like I said, the escapability, the, the ability to be kind of a gamer and a, a clutch player and... He's got you know, clutch gene, right? Is now yeah, Skip Bayless make, would say that, right? He's make those big gene. time, yeah. And I think the same thing. All of those positives, I like. Are they really going to translate? Like, is it just that easy? I think that was a question that the scouts had in uh, Feldman's mock too, right? Because right. um, there were a couple scouts in that. I didn't read the whole mock, um, although there was a lot of great info on that. So. Um, if there's one reason to subscribe to the athletic, it's, it's, uh, probably Bruce Feldman's stuff 
Um, there's probably many other reasons to subscribe, but uh, that's a guy I always like to, I, I always enjoy his reporting. But he had uh, some notes that there were coaches from a number, from at least two different schools who noted that they felt like their defensive linemen were able to run down Bryce Young. And right. uh, I think, I think that's, I don't know, that might be overstated to me because I think he still can run around a four six, but he might be, it's it's his um, desire to extend plays that maybe gets him in trouble. And we saw a little bit more of his ability to run this year because prior to this year, he had not shown any running. He was much like uh, one of the critiques of CJ Stroud. Um, and then this year we saw Young break out for one 100-yard game on the ground. But then, it's, again, he still was mostly staying behind the line of scrimmage and looking to pass. That's what you want from a quarterback generally. But um, a guy this small, to me, I think, Seth, uh, tell me if you agree. I think he had some – I think there were some signs that he wasn't seeing the middle of the field very well early in the season. Um, I particularly will point to the Texas game there where he struggled for three quarters. Now, I think later as the season went on, there was some improvement. But some people have seemed to completely brush that off now. They're saying, no, he doesn't have problems seeing the middle of the field. I don't I, – I think that's a concern because of his height. Um, and I think there's a question to be raised about why his production dropped off so much from uh, his sophomore year to his junior year. He still had a really good junior year, production-wise. But this is a player, he's not going to get any taller. Um, he's a young guy, he's got good athleticism, decent arm, not a great arm. But um, all these clutch, the clutch gene, the intangibles, how far does that go? And that's why I have him third behind a couple other guys that I just think have a better, uh, have a higher ceiling. And the hot take, I did find it uh, was okay. from uh, Michael Rimmer. I don't know, at AVL underscore Mike. He's Panthers chief fan officer. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know what that means. So not Michael but, Renner, PFF Mike. This is no, a no. different Mike. Rimmer. Rimmer. Uh, and... He says Kirk Cousins weighs 205 pounds and has never missed an NFL start due to an injury. So, I mean, again, we talked about a couple things. One, um, Kirk Cousins was a fourth-round pick and a backup to RG3 when he was drafted. Um, two. He's also like 6'4". He, yeah, he's 6'3". Mm-hmm. Uh, Three, he's, yeah, he, um, you know, like, I just, I don't know what the goal was here other than to say, like, <laughs> the weight shouldn't matter, but. Also, if Cousins is 205, so that means he's playing at, like, 10 to 15 pounds lighter than where he came in as a prospect. And, you know, if we subtract 15 pounds from Bryce Young, now he's 189 pounds. Right. So, you know, I just, it's always interesting. Right. It's always just interesting. Like, and the funny thing is I'm assuming Rimmer's going to be a Stroud guy, but I don't know. I haven't, I I don't follow him on Twitter or anything. So I just thought it was interesting because I'm like, what? Um, When you're, 
when you're associated with a team that has the number one pick, and I say this in sure, uh, we can both speak from experience on this, from recent experience, as as a, you mentioned, a Cardinals fan and a Browns fan. But uh, you do have a tendency to try and talk yourself into anyone and everyone that they might pick with that pick. Yeah, I mean, you look back and the only thing, the only guy I didn't like was Conan Williams, and it's just because of the outlier situation of taking. For me, that. it was I couldn't stand uh, Baker Mayfield, and of course, that was the guy they picked. Yeah, well, yeah. But we saw how that worked out. So it's, I mean, didn't work out perfectly. You guys, I would have taken. Yeah, right. Good grief, I would have taken anybody else in that class, be it Lamar Jackson, Darnold, Rosen. Josh Allen, anyone over Baker Mayfield. Um, so, you know, this this gentleman from uh, associate with the Panthers, he might really want Stroud or Richardson and might be quietly talking himself into Young just in case that's the direction Frank Wright wants to go. Um, but I would say that if you're worried about that, I, I still think that's highly unlikely. I don't think Reich's going to go with the 5'10 guy. Well, next on the list is maybe the biggest question mark we've had in terms of a prospect. And so, real quick, I want to say to Bryce Young for me, um, just to give our listeners an idea, because for one, we hated all the quarterbacks in last year's class, and by, by that I mean we didn't have any quarterbacks listed as first round picks. If you go back with us all the way back to 2016, that was the Goff Wentz draft. We didn't have any first round quarterbacks that year either. This year, I would say Bryce Young is the first, like late first, early second round grade for me. Where did you have him? Yeah, I would. I mean, Young. And you're always going to, in reality, you're always going to take quarterbacks higher than they're graded. Because of right. positional value and stuff, but that's where I agree. I to me, he's not like a surefire, not at all surefire first round hero. Um, you know, so I would probably like Young is a guy I probably would take in the first round, but like later in the first round, if I'm a team like that's got you know, again, you got to look at the picks and all that stuff, but like. Again, New Orleans, like, so I get that fifth-year option, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always a, con- a consideration. Yeah. What if you're, like, Detroit, and you got Jared Goff, who you can walk away from, and you have two first-round picks? Right. I think, yeah, at 18, that would You know what sense. I mean? But but in reality, we know, we know that he, Bryce Young's going to go much higher than this. Right. I mean, I think— We're just saying, right. if we had those picks, like, you got Arizona picking three, and if Bryce Young's on the board, trade the pick. Right. Um, number two, one of the, I I mean, one of the most intriguing prospects ever, probably, right? He is, this guy is an old school quarterback prospect in my mind, because this is the type of player. If you look back at quarterbacks drafted in the eighties and nineties, and you look at their college stats, you're like, whoa. No, nobody with those stats would ever get picked in the first round now, except for now we're going to see it. <laughs> we're going to see it with a couple guys, probably Levis and Anthony Richardson. Yeah, and so that guy is uh, 
Anthony Richardson. And Richardson is probably, and this is no slight to like a Mike Vick, Richardson is probably the greatest athlete that we've ever seen at the quarterback. Sorry about that. Uh, th- that we've seen at the quarterback position. He's so great. He made Seth throw his mic on the floor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it Just in terms of pure athleticism. Like, the reason we say that is because you don't see, like, he's not quite as fast as Vic was, right? But, but he he's weighs also, like 40 pounds. Heavier. I was going to say, he's also three inches taller and 40 pounds heavier. So like, he's not, he's not as fast as Lamar or Kyler or Vic, but he's just as fast in terms of, you know, body density. Um, He's like uh, Justin Fields. If Fields was at at two inches taller and 20 pounds heavier or 15 pounds heavier. Right. I mean, it's, and then the vertical, the broad, like it's literally never seen that from a quarterback before. No. I mean, this is a guy that, you're like, oh, is he a shooting guard in the in the NBA? Like, or is he like Montez Sweat? Like, is he right. a pass rusher? Like, and that's the crazy thing. Like, you know, the craziest thing is like you put him in the like just his numbers in the metrics. His top comp is Khalil Mack. <laughs> like his top athletic comp is right. like it, that's insane. Like, and that's why I'm saying we've just never had a quarterback like that. And then to your point. It's old school in the sense that statistically he just wasn't very good. Like it's not that he's not good or can't be good, but like this is the guy that's Josh Allen more than Will Levis, right? Uh, you know, to me, I think that comp is like Vince Young. Well, I just mean I just mean from a like you're taking that like, Yeah. You're, no, no, you're, I agree with what you're saying, right? You're taking uh, that chance of if you want to bet on upside and a guy developing, yeah. Absolutely, I agree with you 100% there. And the thing is, too, we just learned that Anthony Richardson's actually only 20 years old. They had uh, uh, Wikipedia had listed I cannot his believe age Wikipedia wrong. was wrong about that. Right. I know Wikipedia is usually money on everything, but uh, they had Anthony Richardson's age wrong. We know that because Anthony Richardson told us out of his own mouth that he is only 20 years old at the combine. So he You know what would be funny is if he was lying. <laughs> it. <laughs> It would be, but I don't think he is. No. Um, and so, but it also wouldn't be the first time a guy lied about his age because they know right. that, you know, football media and especially fantasy football media is pretty obsessed with prospect age. Um, but and so, you, so you look at it, you look at it, you've got a guy that struggles throwing the ball uh, consistently, um, you know. 36.4% on completions of 15 plus yards or more and 14.8% of completion or on passes of 25 yards or more and everything seems to be downfield and and this is something that So wait a sec, to- let me uh actually uh cuz I this is my fault for my show notes that's actually 36.4% of his completions. Oh, okay. Sorry. Were for 15 or more yards. And 14.8% uh, of his completions were for 25 or more yards. That's first. Uh, on the, he's, He had the most completions over, uh, percentage of completions over 15 yards in the class. He had the 
fourth most completions of over 25 yards in the class. But the thing is, there's a lot of incompletions there too. So you're right. The, the completion percentage was not that low. That's actually the percentage of completions he had that were that, that far, which is good, but you've got the good with the bad. And this is what I'll say to defend him is, and, and I'm channeling all, my, all the Levis defenders, right? Because we just talked about how, uh, oh, it's his line, it's his weapons, this and that. Rich, for Richardson, almost everything was downfield with this offense. This was an offense that was run heavy early in, in, in the down. And then when he was passing, he was throwing, he was targeting downfield. And now I will tell you this, and you'll probably agree with this. I think the accuracy within the first 10 yards from line of scrimmage uh, to within 10 yards wasn't great. But then it, it evens out quite a bit as you get farther downfield with him. So Well, well and I think, and this is something that we've talked about in our group text with uh, Kyle Posey. And one of the biggest things that Kyle and I note, and, and it's something that is it's interesting because I'm seeing it even at the youth level as a coach. And then as a, as a dad watching, uh, you know, workouts and things like that. And it's a lot of these kids don't have a feel for, for how to change the pace of, of their throws. And that's something you notice with Richardson or something that really sticks out with Richardson is that, he's basically an, a fastball only quarterback meaning he hasn't realized or or learned how to throw with touch consistently um and my question is and and I'm not saying this as like expecting you to answer it I'm saying this as it's a legitimate question because I don't know the answer is that something you can learn like I I actually I will answer that I think 100% you can learn that Okay. I, um, so, I, I don't know because like I watch these kids and, and again, I'm talking about 13, 14 year old right now, but like I watch these kids and, and like, you know, my, my son plays corner and he's, he's like, dad, I know this guy doesn't understand how to throw, you know, with any touch. So I'll just play underneath on everything because he can't, he can't like everything's a fastball. So if I just stay underneath on even on deep passes, I'm going to come, I'm going to pick the ball off or at least break it up because he can't get the ball over me with any touch. Or if he throws it, you know, too high, it's just going to be, it's just going to sail out of bounds. And right. so like, I think that's something you kind of see with Richardson at times is I that he's a repetition guy. though, right? It's just like a, it, the um, baseball pitchers, they, there are fastball pitchers. They learn how to throw a changeup, right? There are, you know, um, there are different types of throws that you make in football. There are different types of passes you make in basketball. Like all of those things you can learn. It's, it's about repetition and having, you know, being one of those football maniacs that just practices those things. And I think why I would bet on Richardson, why he's my number two is because I feel like you have, he's only been a starter in college for a year and a half. So you've got this like, very unique and talented skill set and yeah you have to work some of these other wrinkles out and if you're gonna bet on somebody why not bet on the guy who's just like the freak 
unicorn type of athlete who has a cannon and who's only 20 instead of the 5'10 guy or the guy who's got some a, a pretty good athletic skill set but is also 24 or 25. Right. I And I think that, you know, it's fair. And so, like, you look at Richardson, like, we've talked about the unicorn, like, I mean – obviously not at the level of like a Jordan Davis in terms of size and all of that. But like uh, from an athletic standpoint, we've just never seen anything like this at quarterback. We've seen what Justin Fields has done. He has, you know, he has struggles as a passer still, but like he's a guy that can win you games with his legs and, and make, make plays with his arm as well. Um, The question becomes, what's his like range? Like, I've seen some say he can be the next, you know, the closest thing to Cam Newton. Um, I mean, obviously he's a little more athletic than Cam, but Cam was what another couple, I mean, a couple inches taller, a couple pounds heavier too, or were they about the same weight? I think they're roughly about the same size. I think Cam maybe had an inch or so on him. You know, Richardson's faster, um, more explosive. Let me ask you this, like, you know, obviously that's an incredibly high end comparison. And you're talking about a guy that won an MVP, uh, you know, offensive player of the year was the offensive rookie of the year, all pro, like, you know, a three or four time pro bowler, um, you know, was part of one of the best teams that never won a super bowl in that Carolina team. Um, but you look at it, I mean, sub 60%, career completion percentage for cam um never threw for fourth or other than his rookie year never threw for four thousand yards his and his 35 is wild too right uh, he threw for 400 yards in his first two games i think right good against the cardinals good job guys <laughs> um and you look at it like his career high in touchdowns was 35 passing obviously that you you add on his rushing touchdowns and that's something that richardson does give you right like you know his that 2015 season he had 35 passing and 10 rushing touchdowns so 45 total touchdowns um but you know like never a guy that you're like was was what you know you look at as like an elite passer right like he was a good quarterback his career high completion percentage was you know 67 point nine percent but they went six and eight that year like you know those kind of as he grew wiser and type of stuff like that but like so so what is a fair comparison like is that like is that a high i mean obviously it would be a high end because you're talking about a, a mvp but like is that too high end of a thing or is it like i just don't know what people would think of like a cam newton comparison well, I think you're going to have a, you're going to see a few uh, different comparisons, um, and one of the teams picking early that might consider Richardson is is the Colts, right? And they've got uh, they hired Steichen, correct? Correct. Okay, so well, then the you're going to get a and that and that you know, coaches in that coach's photo, that dude looks like he should not be a football coach, like. <laughs> I think Poor the Cardinals cow. coach kind of looks like Pete Buttigieg. So, oh, so. I think he looks like Murr <laughs> from uh, Impractical Jokers. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyways, like 
So, so fans of of uh, you know the Colts might be looking at the way Steichen uh, used Jalen Hurts, brought him along, and so they're going to see some comparisons there because I think some some people will agree that that Hurts wasn't the most dynamic passer coming out of college. Um, I mentioned Vince Young, and if you look at Vince Young's rookie year, there there were high hopes. Um, we know now that Vince Young was out drinking tequila with Lede- uh, with uh, Lindale White a lot <laughs> with when their time with the Titans. That sounds like um, a fun time. I'm not yeah, I mean, it, it, sure it was, but it didn't help his career out. Um, so Vince Young's star shone brightly for a brief time. Um, so, it, it, and, you know, Fields is another – you can look at the way that uh, Bears are using Fields, and you could take some ideas from that too. And then we mentioned Josh Allen too. So there, the the good thing about it is right now the way the league is, they're working on trying to work quarterbacks in like this with these skill sets that they used to try and force you know the square peg into the round hole and turn these guys into pocket passers immediately. Uh, that's not happening as much anymore. They're, the teams are more willing to use a guy's skill set and then let him grow into a player. I think that's happening more often. Uh, the Colts signed Minshew. And so if Steichen is, uh, you know, Steichen's got familiarity with Minshew from Philadelphia. So they could be inclined to ride with Minshew for a short time, work in Anthony Richardson into some kind of uh, packages or, you know, get him some playing time later in games and work him in. They don't have to throw him to the Wolves. I think. That's as as we talked about earlier with Frank Reich, you're going to give a, a new coach a couple of years, right? So there can be some growing pains this year. I think the Colts are actually a good fit. Uh, it's just as does Chris Ballard go with Richardson or is he more of a Levis guy? So I think that remains to be seen. The final guy on our list, and we've talked about this, and by the way, we'd both take Richardson in the first round because yeah. of what we've just talked about, what we've seen lately from these He's guys. He's still, to me, like a late first, early second type graded prospect, but you're going to have to take him in the top 10. Right. Um, and so the final guy, the guy that's probably going to be the first pick in the draft is C.J. Stroud, right? The the talented Ohio State passer. He's, um, you know, he is the most and and i mean this in a respectful way but like he's kind of the most boring number one guy in a while like in the sense of everything he does is right he you know he looks the part he plays the part he's athletic he's physical he has good above average arm strength on on those deep outs um he seems he's kind like, of like a football cyborg, isn't he? Right. He just kind of seems boring, right? He like, has no like his demeanor never changes. He's the and, most and, even keel player in this class. And so the question becomes, what's his ceiling? Like, what is mm-hmm. the what are you going to get most or not most, but like what is the best case scenario when you're taking CJ Stroud? at one one overall now first off we've said this all along we don't think he's the best player in the class um we think he's the best quarterback in the class but i think both of us would probably have 
uh, Will Anderson in front of him, and we'd probably have um, probably a couple O linemen and corners in front of him. Outside Maybe. of that, you know, he's so he's probably in that five to seven range in this class, you know, maybe four to six range. Like it. And so like, again, when you talk about quarterback now, all of a sudden to me, he's one of like, I'll I'll put it in this perspective. I have right now, as of tonight, nine players that I would say are basically top 10 picks. He's one of those guys. Yeah, he's and one I think of, that he's one of nine players in this class to me that I think you got to take them in any draft, basically in the top ten. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's accurate and reasonable. Um, it'll be interesting to like look back because I think we both agree. Like, if you go back through the twenties, you know, the last the last one is it now four drafts? Uh, where would you rank him? in terms of of quarterbacks right like obviously um he's better than anybody in the 22 class i don't think that's a question uh would you put him over trevor lawrence coming out i don't think i would as a a prospect obviously i wouldn't but didn't somebody say they would in bruce feldman's mock yes yeah um and then and then we've all we'd obviously have him over zach wilson and trey lance we didn't like either of those guys i would definitely out. have him over those two guys for me it's tough when you get to fields because they were they were on the team at the same time stroud right. was a freshman um but he's they're so much different they are and Stroud's such different a, yeah Stroud is a better passer and he's more accurate down the field but fields was so much more dynamic and, and then yeah you couldn't hem him in and then you saw you know fields they both have playoff experience too i mean uh you don't get that experience at too many schools ohio state bama clemson right uh it's Georgia, it's nice yeah. to be able to see those quarterbacks uh get that kind of experience so and then, and then i think you wouldn't have them over burrow coming out um uh i wouldn't know but but um it's so like burrow's an outlier to me too because he was a guy who turned 24 at the end of his rookie year right but he just had such a he just exploded in a way nobody no other quarterback ever has in college that senior year like he was just off the charts you couldn't you couldn't not take him in the top two of that class You'd take him over to a, um, I think for sure. Would. Take Stroud over to every, every day. And then I think Herbert would be where you, you kind of, there'd be a the question. Debate. There'd be a robust debate. And I think people are going to get, be like, well, look how good Herbert is now, but we're talking about the prospect. Not I would have taken player. Stroud as a prospect over Herbert. Yeah. And I probably would have too. I wasn't a huge Herbert guy. Um, he didn't play well as a senior. He just, no, didn't. he did not. And, and, and so um, that's, you know, you see all the athleticism and the arm strength now, so right. it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback on that. But he did not play well as a senior. If he did, he would have gone earlier than he did. So, you know, Stroud comes in. He's he's incredibly um, accurate. He's fantastic um, career, you know, He's fantastic at protecting the ball. 
He's accurate downfield. Like it basically is, it almost seems like, and I, I want to get your take on this. It almost seems like he's a really high floor, but is his ceiling high enough for you? Right. Let me ask you that. No, that's, that's a fair question. I, I think he's a high floor, low ceiling type of, of player. And um, one of the comps that comes to mind for me is Alex Smith. Now, I think his Al- arm's a little better than Alex's. I, but I think yeah, so too. I, I know what you're talking about. And also, Alex Smith came in the league coming out of Utah, which was a group of five school right, at the time. Right. It wasn't Utah Pac 12. It was a big jump for him. Which and probably- Stroud's more seasoned because he's played Georgia, he's played Michigan with all their um, big guns. He's, he's played a tough big, big 10 schedule for two years. But you got to remember, Stroud's still really young. He doesn't turn. Uh, he doesn't turn twenty-two till October. He's still a really young guy, and if Carolina takes number one, which we we're kind of expecting them to at this point, he's probably going to play early, and there's going to be some bumps. Uh, much like uh, probably not as bad as Alex Smith when he came out. He really really struggled as a rookie, but um, to me, he's that type of athlete. Like you said, a little bit better arm. But I want to throw some numbers out here to, to give you some context, to give our listeners some context on C.J. Stroud. Uh, he had a 44% conversion rate on first downs. So he converted first downs 44% of the time. That was second in the class out of the 20 quarterbacks that I looked at. And on third down, he converted 34.8% of uh third down and longs, which was fifth in the class. So he was fifth in the class in both third down percentage and third and long, which is seven or more yards. So this is a guy who really, um, you know, he was, he was converting first downs early in the down and late in the down respective uh, with respect to his peers. You look at his yards per attempt. That's an old school stat. Uh, first and out of 20 with his 9.5 yards per attempt. First, with 14.3 yards per completion. He had the most uh, first downs per attempt of any quarterback in this class. He had the most 25-plus yard passes completed per attempt than any other quarterback in this class. And I think you mentioned his touchdown-to-interception ratio, over seven touchdowns-to-interceptions which is the best in this class again, and he has the best uh, career percentage as well. So just he had a phenomenal two-year run at Ohio State, and I know people are gun-shy about Ohio State quarterbacks, but he's uh, – I think he's different. He's definitely not – you know, Fields was, was more of a running quarterback, even though he didn't run a ton at Ohio State. He didn't run as much as Ohio, at Ohio State as he does for the Bears. Um, I don't think anybody would think that C.J. Stroud's uh, not better than Dwayne Haskins. He's certainly a better athlete than Haskins was, even though Haskins set a, a bunch of Big Ten records. He's a better athlete than Cardale Jones and definitely a m- way more accurate passer. And he's just a more talented guy all around than, than J.T. Barrett. So I, I, I think you got to throw that, uh, the helmet scouting out the window. Stroud's a really good player. And... I think you and I both agree that Carolina probably traded up to take him. We've got a bunch of hot takes, but we're, we're, 
a little longer than we expected to discuss all these quarterbacks because they were fun. Um, but there, there is a couple and, and that we wanted to at least mention. Um, and we've talked about it a little bit, right? The, uh, the Bruce Feldman mock, um, you know, what's interesting about Bruce's mock is never actually the picks, right? It's always about the the intel he gets, so the coaching he's, intel. He's kind of taking the baton from, like, Bob McGinn, right, in that respect? Wasn't right. McGinn the guy who used to get all yeah. the scouting intel? And now, now Feldman's the guy. Um, And so... So you look at a lot of it, there's a lot of good things. Um, and and the interesting ones are, you know, obviously talking quarterbacks. So I just want to give you a couple takes. And, and like you said, um, you know, there's some we've mentioned. So on CJ Stroud, his accuracy downfield is really special. He's bigger than you think and faster and harder to sack than people realize. I thought he's better than Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and so, like, it, it goes on and on and on. But, like, you know, remember, Lawrence was kind of crowned as a freshman, right? Yeah. And and that's one of the big things when you look at it. Um, he won a championship as a freshman, didn't he? Yeah. So and he literally so, was crowned. <laughs> right. Literally and figuratively. You look at um, you look at Bryce Young. Um, if he's got time, he's going to kill you. His arm is good in person, but he, they mentioned another guy, Hendon Hooker, has a stronger arm. I don't think that was a question, but it's it's odd how these guys like where these guys come from, right? With their um, with their <laughs> like, oh, this guy's got a stronger arm. It's like, yeah, no duh. One of the things um, I noticed in that mock too is they were comparing guys to the guys from the year before. <laughs> There, yeah. He, he's like, oh, he wasn't as as good as, uh, yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head who it was, but uh, they were, oh, uh, they were comparing some offensive lineman to, um, Iki Iquano from last year, and I'm like, you you don't have any more historical depth than just to compare a guy to 2022. Yeah, and so this was what was interesting. So you know, he mentioned Hooker. He's at his, and going back to Young, he's at his best extending plays in the pocket, and he throws dimes. This is what we talked about, right? Like, that's what makes him unique and special. He also yep. has a very good feel on touch and when to rifle it in there. We changed significantly scheme-wise before we played him. So this is, I'm going to guess this is the Texas DC. We ran fire zone and cover zero. So cover zero's all man, no safety over the top, and really heated him up. I didn't think he saw it that well. When there's mm-hmm. athletic six five dudes running down your throat, I'm not sold on him. I'd take CJ before him. That that sounds like it could be a Texas guy. Yeah. You know, if you look at the, I, if you watch the first three quarters of that game, the only all, only other team and that they would have tall linebackers too. Yeah, the only other team that would make sense is Georgia, but d- didn't Georgia or didn't Young kind of light them up? Didn't all the good quarterbacks kind of light them up? Yeah, except well. <laughs> I said all, all the, the good, good quarterbacks. I was going to say, you said all the good quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, well, for one, it might be because their star defensive uh, tackle is on the sidelines huffing air for uh, 60 plays a game. Right. You uh, can edit that out, Rob. No, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> I I like Richardson more than Levis. There have only been three players in my college coaching career that I was hoping did not play that day we faced them. Deshaun Jackson, Tavon Austin, and Anthony Richardson. He's that different. So interesting. <laughs> ath- athlete, right? Like he picked that's like what, two tiny receivers. But I just think he's talking about guys yeah. that are kind of unguardable, right? Yeah, players that are gonna that could take it, you know, ninety nine yards if they had the ball in their hands. That's how I take it. Yeah, um, um, and I, you know, who, who do you name? Tavon Austin, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Jackson. Yep. Wow. So this coach, he's been all over creation. I know. I guess he's been in the Pac twelve, Big twelve, SEC. He didn't name Saquon Barkley because I think that would be a similar type of player. You know, just a guy who was a complete game breaker in college. But I, I get what he's saying. Uh, Will Levis goes to 20. And I'm sorry, he goes to the Tennessee Titans at 20. A lot of people compare trade. him to Tannehill, I, which yeah. I think is kind of short-selling Tannehill's athleticism because um, he played receiver. I don't think you'd, you know, he's – I don't think you'd see Levis out there playing receiver. Um, the coaching intel, he's a big-ass QB who can run, and he's got one of the strongest arms I've ever seen. He can throw the piss out of it. Accuracy is <laughs> a little bit off. <laughs> I didn't think he read coverages that well post-snap. He didn't handle it well. I thought we could mix some coverages on him. And then he mentions Scan- Scangarello was uh-huh. so predictable in what he was doing that hurt him. So I mean, so you've got some critiques, and you've got the built-in excuse blaming the coach. Um, you know, it's, we we talked about his propensity for making mistakes, for turning the ball over. And I think if, I think it was the Florida game, he turned the ball over twice in the red zone on fumbles in that game. Uh, you mentioned Vanderbilt. Uh, I think you were talking about one of the other quarterbacks you thought struggled against Vanderbilt. It's actually Levis that struggled against Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's what it was. Right. So, man, uh, it's it's interesting to me that the, this uh, quarterback goes 20 in Feldman's mock um, because I feel like that's where, that's where way more where he belongs than in top five. But do you think that there's – is this uh, overcorrecting by the media? Is an NFL team still gonna? I, I mean, go I think Feld- out and I think them? Feldman mostly goes off what he's hearing, right? Yeah, he definitely does. He's not a draft neck. He's like I say, he's more like Bob McGinn because he's getting intel from all these from all these scouts and these uh, GM types. It's it's funny too. It like the Levis thing. He he can throw the piss out of the ball. You know the the way. People always talk about him. Um, did you see the thing? Um, I forget what the Twitter account was, but they were talking about how uh, Levis actually hasn't had good interviews, and yeah. that he they think he's kind of a weird uh, personality. Do you remember where that was from? Yeah, it was from the weird guy uh, Chad Forbes draft by. Oh right, yeah. Okay, so take this with all the grains of salt. But uh, one of the things that I texted Seth when uh, this came out was I, I go, oh, the guy who puts mayonnaise in his coffee is a kind of weird in the interviews. Like, who would have guessed? Right. 
And then the last one, uh, Hendon Hooker goes in the first round, which take that for what you will, people. 23 to the Minnesota Vikings. We saw Mike Tannenbaum uh, draft Hendon Hooker at, what, five overall to the Seahawks? So do you think there's smoked? Do you think there's fire to that smoke? I, do. I mean, obviously not, I, actually, obviously not do. five overall, but. Right. I mean, no, I don't you, think you want that fifth year overall. option. Yeah, you want that fifth year option. So when he turns 31, you've got him under contract still. I will say this, though. How many times over the years have we heard about the fifth year option? and It just wasn't a thing. And, and right. quarterbacks or other players that we talked that we heard about the fifth year option, they just still ended up going on day two. I, I think that's a bigger media talking point than it is a real thing. I think it's a consideration for sure. But there, it's not like there's this rash of quarterbacks that get drafted late first round just for the fifth year option. We've seen it a couple times. Teddy Bridgewater, Lamar Jackson come to mind. Uh, both of those guys, I and, think, and, were the last pick in the draft of, and was, of the first round. Yeah, and one of it worked and one of it didn't. <laughs> right. Well, there's still holdouts that I think that think Teddy's still going to be good. But um, um, but finally, this is what they say about Hooker, and this is an interesting comp, and I want to get your opinion. Big Hendon fan. He was the smartest of the three QBs we saw, um, Richardson, Levis, and Hooker. I like his decision-making, and he has a really quick, quick release. That system really fit him. I thought he was a Donovan McNabb type. So, I mean, obviously McNabb went two overall or three mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, too much to the chagrin of their fans. Right. <laughs> You're as old I, as we are. We remember the booze. Yeah. And so that's an interesting take, right? Like... I don't think he's anything like McNabb. McNabb was like a way thicker built guy. Um, there was, there's some similarity, I guess, in terms of like the rushing stats, maybe. I mean, I always hasten to, again, a six time pro bowler, uh, number <laughs> two in the M- MVP voting one year. Um, but, I mean, again, this is a different era of football, but you look at, you know, McNabb's career. He never threw 4,000 yards. The most touchdowns he threw in a season was 31, and that was that was six more than, the you know, the next highest total is 25. Um, you know, it's just different different eras of football, obviously. Um, if, if I thought Hooker was McNabb, I would definitely draft him in the first round. Um, even it, even if he was 25 years old. So I, I just don't know. I don't see that at all. Um, but I don't, it's, it's one of those things. It's just kind of like a paradox. Like I, I can't see him as McNabb because he is old and he is hurt. <laughs> so I just can't, it's just weird to me how guys formulate these comps, right? Um, there's, it's like uh, shooting from the hip, yeah. yeah you see like, a guy make remember, one play, right? It's like I remember what my thought on uh, McNabb was. So, um, right, I saw McNabb make this play, and Hooker made this play that looks just like it. He's McNabb. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no. I just uh, thanks again for tuning in. Um, you guys have really helped boost the show this year, and we really appreciate it. Um, I will 
give a plug for last week's show. If you didn't hear last week's show, go back and listen to it. We had Sully Football on talking about O-Line, and that's always one of our favorite shows. Um, I do love, and you and I historically love talking quarterbacks, even if we don't love the classes. So hopefully a lot of this makes sense to you all, and uh, you get behind it. And if not, feel free to tell us where we're wrong. You can uh, shoot us an email at thedraftbreakdownpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at AFC2NFC on Twitter. That's AFC the number two NFC. And you can find Seth at S Cox FB. If that's still your Twitter, Seth. Um, I don't think either one of us has uh, paid for Twitter Blue. So you might have to do some searching to find us. Um, but also follow the show at DB underscore pod the db of course stands for draft breakdown not for what you might think it it is no it's more the other thing but uh (laughs) that's it from us we will be back later this week with a bonus episode we appreciate you guys subscribing and uh and if you are interested like Justin said hop on the patreon and and sign up for two dollars a month for the extra shows and and four dollars a month for all our written material i will say this there's a lot there there's a lot there that um you you won't get here and i don't think you'll be disappointed no not at all all right guys have a good night we'll be back later this week We need to do an outro at some point. That just something kind of what I hear in other shows is where they're like, uh, you know, uh, subscribe and give us a five star review. Sign up for our Patreon. It's two dollars a month for our bonus episodes. Four dollars a month for all additional content. Something like that. Yeah, we should work on something like that. That we could be it right a, there. A read. Yeah. That's it. Right yeah. Exactly. <laughs>